production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Story Connect, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. How can you make boring subjects interesting? And what does an accountant have to say about that? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect Podcast. My name is Andy Johns. I'm your host with Pioneer. And I'm joined on this episode by Jeannie Whitehouse, who is the Countess of Communication, an author and speaker who is here at the uh, NIC conference presented by the NWPPA here in um, uh, Santa Rosa, California. Jeannie, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Andy. So you're the, the keynote speaker. You just got off the stage. Um, Pioneer is happy. Full disclosure, Pioneer is happy to be a sponsor for that. But I think a lot of folks, when they, they saw your background um, as a speaker, it's like, well, that's interesting. You don't see a lot of folks, A, with that career track, and then B, um, here to speak. So tell it before we get in too deep in the subject matter, let's talk a little bit about uh, what got you to this point and a little bit about your background to, to be a speaker. So I'm a CPA and I spent 15 years doing taxes. And I thought my goal was to be partner in a CPA firm. And the day I made partner, I quit. <laughs> I realized <laughs> that I didn't like, I wasn't good at doing detail work. And I had never thought about that because my goal for my whole life had been to become a partner in a CPA firm. So the moment I got to the end of the road, as it were, and I realized this was going to be it, I, I made a change. And I said, I've got to do something else. So I went to a technology company and actually started doing teaching. I trained on project management software. And that kind of got me in the in the mode and then i went to a software company and did my first presentation to a hostile audience and i realized that i could use humor to break down the hostility and the barrier to learning and so then i decided well you know this works (laughs) i've got boring stuff to communicate whether it's technology or numbers they're both alienating to normal people so i decided i need to get good at comedy so i actually went and got stand-up comedy training okay which was an amazing way to see how to present. There's a process that you can learn that has helped me in my career. And I decided I wanted to do speaking as a thing. And so then I went on the road as a speaker after that and started talking about tech and accounting. But I was really motivated to help people communicate boring stuff in a better, more approachable way. And that's been really the driver ever since. So that's that's a much needed skill set. And that was kind of the topic for today is... Uh is, you know, how to make a boring subject interesting. And, and I thought, you know, the approach that you took um, was really a lot more um, uh, meeting people where they are and That's understanding right. everybody's different. I like the way that you broke it all down. Um, you know, every, everybody's um, seen some kind of personality profile before, whether it's Enneagram, which I know we've done a little bit yeah. of, or some of the others. But yeah. here in wine country, you broke it down, the four, um, the four personality types uh, by wine. So That's let's talk right. a little bit about that since we're here in, in Santa Rosa. That's right. It's the same kind of dilemma that we have. When you go into a winery tasting room, people think that everybody wants to drink what they, the person behind the bar, likes. And we think when we're communicating with somebody, they want to receive information the way we like to receive it. So there's a lot of parallels. And really coming into the wine industry was the first time I understood what it felt like when I talked to somebody using a bunch of jargon and accounting terminology. They shut down. And that's how I felt as a first-time consumer of a high-end wine product. I felt alienated and dumb. And I realized if I want to communicate and be effective with clients... I need to break down that barrier and I need to try to understand how they need to receive information and then translate. And so I've kind of been on that path ever since. Meeting people with where they are is something we talk about, but yeah. it's so hard to remember that. It's so hard to keep that in mind. And this takes the, the, the disc behavioral styles that I talked about, takes the emotion out of the challenges we have in communication. 
So if I can see that it's, oh, you're wired differently than I am, that's why you're <laughs> so hard to communicate with, or why you're not getting what I'm saying, then we can sit down and try to resolve that difference. I can ask you, how do you need to receive information, and then tailor what I provide to you in that way. Let's get into that a little bit, because how, how do you... It's hard to always keep that in mind. It's hard to always be, and it takes a little bit of, of getting to know people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, do you recommend that, that staffs do an exercise, kind of understand that in a formal setting, or is it more of an informal, like, let me learn you a little better and you learn me a little better? We, I've it done up. it with teams in all kinds of different settings. You can have people take an online assessment where everybody gets a detailed report, and then we share insights from people. Like I have people read out, what things should you not do when communicating with me? And invariably, it's something that I'm already doing while I'm presenting to that person. Right. So we talk about it. But that's a huge understanding. When somebody says, I hate it when this happens, and, you're, and everybody else goes, oh, no, we're doing that all the time. So that's one way, but I have a card game that I play with people Okay. where I have them pick words and then you watch people pick the cards. So they have a deck with 36 cards in it with one word on each card and you tell them to pick the five words that best describe them, which we did a similar right. thing today. Yeah. When you watch the way people work through that deck of cards, you can identify what behavioral style they are from that. Mm. But also the cards are color coded on the back. So then you can put them in categories, but that exercise I think is a really fun way to see how different because the high C's, which is the detailed orientation, will take that 36 cards and go through every single one and count out the ones that don't fit first and then really narrow it down because they want the 100% right answer. And they will always right. say five words is not enough. Okay. So you can see things like that. So it's a really fun way to show how different we think, whether it's you know the scientific answer or not. But it's a, So there are lots of ways to bring this into team activities and communication. It's not even about the words they pick. It's, it's like you said, process. watching them pick how to pick. Yeah, it's yeah. so shocking. And the high Ds, which are the results driven, they just want to get her done, as it were. We'll just pick out the first words and stop. And they'll be done before anybody else. They'll be sitting there tapping their fingers on the table going, okay, let's... What now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just fascinating. Well, let's run through it. And you've mentioned a couple of those personality types. So uh, obviously, you know, the presentation you just gave, I think was about 45 minutes. So we're not looking for the whole rundown of all of it. There's yeah. a lot more to get in, into. And, and we'll talk about the book, you know, if somebody wants to get into to more of it there as well. But let's kind of run over those four primary um, personality types that you talked about. Yeah. And they're behavioral styles, not personality, which okay, is a distinction. It's how I behave, not who I am or my personality, which is why I like it. Because I'm an accountant. I can't talk about personality. I don't have one, right? So I, mean, I got to avoid that whole area. But, um, I think anybody who saw the presentation would argue otherwise, but sure. <laughs> Thank you. So the, the first dimension is D for dominance. That is the results orientation. I just want to get it done. It doesn't matter how I do it. The second dimension, and we all have all four of these dimensions in our behaviors. We just move different aspects up or down, and we are wired by default to be a particular way. Mm -hmm. So the, the D is first for dominance. The I is the influence dimension. And those are people who are motivated by relationships. And then the S dimension is for steadiness, and those are people who are team players who are, who are motivated by security. They're looking for stability, and these are the people, 40% of the population around the world across cultures, and they are the people who keep everybody else functioning. They are the critical players who don't need to be in the spotlight. I have a few of those people in my life that I need yeah. very much. Yep. They're amazing, and, and the rest of us um, are very lucky to have them because the world will fall apart otherwise. Right. And then we have the C, which is for conscientious or compliance. And that is typical accounting orientation. That's a detail focus motivated by accuracy. And again, we need all four of these in every organization. We need to hire for differences 
we need to fill in sort of the spectrum of different behavioral styles so that we have a complete set of people that can function and produce great output. Got it. So, and then each of those coincided just because we're here in wine country with the different yeah. kind of wines. So let's right. speak to that real quick. Okay. So the D I paired with a high, with a big, bold cab. And we talked about Screaming Eagle and they had a Magnum, which is what, that's the representation of a D, a dominance, a bold. Um, and then for the I, we had a sparkling wine. I picked one from Gloria Ferrar. Um, she has a cuvee, which is a blend of multiple vintages. It's bubbly. It's sparkling. It's all about the party. For the S, I chose... The rosé, a rosé from Flowers, which is a great local winery. And that rosé can be blended from any kind of fruit. You can have any underlying red that you use to produce a rosé. So it's a team player. It can contribute. It doesn't need to be in the spotlight, but it can pair with all kinds of different things. It's widely used and consumed in this area, in the Napa Valley and Sonoma counties. And then the final one was the C, and I chose a Gurgit Chardonnay. That is a classic Year after year, award-winning wine. It's been around for a long time, and it's been, it's made in the classic style. So it's something that a high C would be comfortable with. They would have the research to back its value, and so that's why I paired it that way. I appreciate the metaphors, and somebody yeah. who's, who's just learning a little bit about wine. That's, that's helped for an <laughs> overview there, too. So you get some right. bonus knowledge uh, for the folks listening. So, all right, we've, we've talked about the personality types. Now let's talk about putting those into practice. So yeah. when you are communicating and you start to kind of learn who the other person is, whether it's formal yeah. or informal. Yeah. What's the next step? What do you do to try to, you know, if try to talk to those folks, um, de obviously depending on their personality type, it's going to be a little bit different as the, right. the best way to communicate with them, right? So the thing about DISC is it's observable, which is why we accountants use it, because we can get clues from the person we're talking with. So one is how do they, what kind of eye contact do they have? Where do they sit relative to you? How fast do they approach the room? How do they want to start the conversation? And then once we get some of those clues, then we can modify what we communicate. So if I know you're a high C and I'm an I, I don't want to get all bubbly and start talking about the weekend. I want to start saying, you know, maybe how are you doing? And then let's talk about what we're working on and then give you some facts or data, depending on what I'm trying to accomplish in that conversation. If I'm talking to a high D, I'm going to say, OK, here's what you asked for and give it to you. If I'm talking to an I, we're going to build a, a relationship because now I'm an I with an I, and so we're going to have a party and probably not get anything done. And neither well, one of us is going to know what the heck just happened. And that's why I'm worried this podcast <laughs> may run long with both of us going. Right. So we're, we're trying to limit the bubbles here. <laughs> that's right. And then, so that's what's going to happen. If I'm talking to an S, I'm going to make a personal connection again, and then I'm going to try to be um, more organized so that I don't throw them off with my lack of structure and organization. Perfect. And then, so how does that play into, um, you know, the, the topic of the book, the topic of the session, um, you know, how to make a boring topic interesting? Yeah. Well, you find a method that works. So for the high Ds, it's typically a visual is the quickest way to communicate. So um, you have some people here on the floor that are doing dashboards. That's how to communicate information about power usage to a D and to many people, but the D particularly, because they're only going to want to look at a one second something. They have a very short attention span. Sure. The I is going to want to know about the people that are involved in whatever's going on. So and I was talking in my session, if you're going to do a newsletter, I want to learn about the, the team that I'm working with. I want to connect with the people. Mm -hmm. If it's an S, I'm going to want to know safety and security around what's happening with whatever you're sharing with me. And if I'm a C, I'm going to want detailed information so I can evaluate whatever you're talking to me about. And it's so interesting talking to a group of communicators here because that applies whether it's a website, you've got to have that for everybody. You've if got it's to a newsletter, it. magazine, you've got That's to right. have that to speak to everybody. So, you know, there are the folks on, on, and we've seen it from the web traffic that we do. 
certain folks are going to go straight to that team page and That's they're right. going to want to read the bios of, of the team members. Exactly. Others are going to want, want to see, you know, the uptime numbers or the, um, with some of the reliability and security measures in place. So it's fascinating how that, that plays out in almost every communication channel. And what is. was really fascinating today is we did a live poll of the group and I had them pick match. We did an exercise to match their behavioral styles and the percentages lined up perfectly with what the standard percentages are across the world. So 40% are typically S's. And I think we had 37% of the room that was S in our group. So it was really fascinating to see those percentages line up exactly around group norms. But yeah, we can't just present information the way we would want to receive it. We have to think about everybody else and try to put something for everybody in everything that we deliver. So provide a handout or a link to some detailed factual something or all the detailed stats if somebody wants to go look at it. A picture for the ones who want that. It's like if you put everything in video form, I don't want to do videos because it takes too long. Sure. I want to see the transcript. So you do the video, the transcript, you have a, you know, a summary or a you know, the outline or whatever for different audiences so that you can connect everybody. And I'm sure you're already doing all of that. I like that. Uh, you know, everybody's doing some of that to, to varying degrees. But yeah. so we've talked about written communication. Um, yeah. But, you know, as a speaker who you're, you're sounds like from our conversation yesterday, you're doing more and more of this. Um, maybe yeah. there's somebody who's doing a, a board presentation or whatever oh, it is yeah. where you, oh. you, you know you've got whether it's, <laughs> whether it's nine or ten people or a hundred yeah. people in the room. Same thing. How do you do? How does this apply when you have a whole bunch of different people who are probably going to be broken down into the different behavioral types? Well, there are 52 group? tips in my book, and one of them is put the boring stuff on a handout. Oh, I like it. So, and if you're doing it to a board, particularly, and I have a board now that I'm accountable to. I'm in a tech association. I'm president of that, and I have a board that I have to report to. And I send them in advance all the boring crap, the details of all the financials, right. the budget, and all of that. And then we just say, I want you to prove these three things. And that's on a slide. And that's all they have to deal with in the meeting. So do that. Separate stuff so that you don't have a huge, overwhelming download that somebody's got to receive in that meeting. Because, again, you've got different styles. The S's and the C's need more time to absorb information. And they won't make a decision on the spot. That is something I have learned recently. Yep. Yeah. So if you need a decision from those board members, you need to give them the stuff in advance so that they can then decide or, or bring the decision they've already made to the meeting. Yep, it's been a big part of, of, of my personal growth is, is learning exactly what you're saying. People, people yeah. understand things differently. So yeah. last question I had for you, um, what advice do you have for somebody who is um, maybe thinking about this, this all sounds great, how do I get started? You know, may, maybe or maybe not, I can roll out a big company-wide initiative to help understand each other. Maybe I can start somewhere small. What advice do you have somebody who's listening to this and thinking, well, you know, I, I need to take some of these steps? There are free online disk assessments you can take. There are websites, I shared one today, with dog, which dog do you have based on your DISC behavioral styles? So just type in D-I-S-C behavioral styles and you'll get links and then they'll take you to sites where you can do full assessments that are probably fee paid and a limited assessment of yourself. And then you can start thinking about how different other people are around you. But then talk to your HR. I mean, I'm sure most companies have some sort of assessment tool they use for either personality, behaviors, skill set, um, and, and mention this to them. There are opportunities to get training. There are lots of people around the country who do different workshops around DISC. Another thing they could do, of course, is check out your book. So tell us a little check bit about where the they book. can find more resources with the you. The book is on Amazon. It's called How to Make a Boring Subject Interesting. 52 Ways Even a Nerd Can Be Heard is the subtitle. And it's I by like it. Jeannie Whitehouse, G-E-N-I Whitehouse. You can go there. 
Excellent. She is Jeannie Whitehouse. She is an author and speaker here at the NIC conference uh, put on by NWPPA. Uh, as we always say, any, any background noise is not background noise. It's ambiance because we're here live at a conference, which is kind of the center of communications here in the Pacific Northwest um, and the utility industry. So Jeannie, thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure, Andy. Thank you so much. I'm Andy Johns, your host. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. Story Connect is produced by Pioneer Utility Resources a communications cooperative that is built to share your story. Story Connect is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio.